We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. He's got all the insight on what you want to know and maybe some of what you don't want to know. Here's K-State insider Tim Fitzgerald. All right, welcome back, everybody, and welcome in. Tim Fitzgerald, a whole lot to get to. GoPowerCat.com, editor, at Life of Fitz on Twitter. Tim joins us each and every Thursday. We always appreciate it. Uh, balance of power for you right now, Fitz. Football, basketball, where, where's your head at at the moment? <laughs> Trying to stay in football, but, uh, you know, I, I'm intrigued by this basketball team, so it's, it's kind of hard to uh, put all my interest in football right now. It makes it easier since they play at Cal on Friday, um, which we won't be there naturally because we're covering the game in Waco, but it's also on the Pac-12 network where – uh, no sports have been seen ever before. Nobody can see those games, apparently. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 going to be an interesting basketball season, but a lot to be played out in football. Let's start with football, then. I don't know what on earth happened in the first half against Texas. Doesn't make any sense <laughs> to me. It's almost like they didn't realize Texas was going to come out and try to run the ball with Bijan Robinson, which of course is absurd to even say out loud, but what was so easily corrected, you know, at least I, I say easily in relative terms in the second half. I mean, that's the reason they lost that game. People can talk about quarterback all they want, but that was, it was just, just made no sense to me. What, what did you make of that first half? Well, Texas played exceptionally well. And when Texas locks in and uses the talent that they have, which is vast, it's impressive. And it was impressive in that first half. They just manhandled the K-State defense. Um, Texas was better at the point of attack on both sides of the ball, particularly in the first half. But, um, you know, enough throughout the course of the game that K-State just couldn't outscore Texas. So it it was a very frustrating um, game to try to watch and cover because Kansas State had been so good on defense and was just torn to shreds in the first half. And then, like you said, they they gathered themselves at halftime, found better solutions. Maybe Texas got a little conservative, well, 21 points, but uh, it enabled K-State to come right back. And you kind of look back at it and you think, were those, were those adjustments so dramatic that you had to have halftime or was it something you could have picked on the sideline? 
So Bijan Robinson finished with 209 yards running, averaged seven yards a carry, had a touchdown. Do you feel like Fitz that his success against Kansas State is more of a testament to how great of a runner he is? Or is that more of a, a symptom of maybe something that's a little bit more concerning with the Kansas State run defense? Uh, a little of both. I mean, it, you know, if you're playing defense correctly um, and tackling well, you're, you're going to be able to limit him and other programs have. But I do think he's, you know, an elite running back. Um, he's, he's difficult to handle, particularly for a little bit undersized defense like Kansas State because he runs with such conviction. He runs so hard um, that he's hard to bring down. He's really special, and he – he rises to the occasion against K-State, and I can't help but wonder if it's not the presence of Deuce Vaughn on the other sideline that kind of gets him to peak performance because he's been really good against K-State since day one, and I'm ready for him to go to the NFL um, because he is a special, special running back. He is. Um, what do we think this weekend? I, I think it's a really good opportunity for K-State. They still – they don't control everything – but Texas has a grind down the stretch, so you have to feel decent about winning out and still getting a chance to play for a Big 12 title, right? Like, there, there's there's yeah. still a lot of pressure right now, and I think it's a good opportunity for K-State, who got things under control in the second half, to come at and, and have sort of a statement game of sorts. Yeah, I haven't felt good about this game all week, and as I get closer, I feel a little okay. bit better because I've watched more, watched more film on Baylor. Um, and really these last two weeks when they've gathered themselves and got back on track with two really nice road wins at Texas Tech and Oklahoma, the other team has turned the ball over quite a bit at a level that Kansas State just hasn't done it this season. Um, I think K-State's turned the ball over twice in a game a few times, and that's it. Um, if Kansas State can limit turnovers and, and limit the opportunities uh, they give the Baylor offense off of those turnovers, <clears throat> I think they'd be in pretty good shape, but Again, I'm, I'm like I've been telling my subscribers, I'm pretty shell-shocked from through the years of late-season games in Waco, Texas, turning into um, just not good circumstances for Kansas State. Uh, I think that goes back to 2012 when K-State had an opportunity to maybe be in contention for a national title, at least play for the championship, and tripped over Baylor in Waco. So uh, I, I'm a little bit gun-shy on trying to predict a K-State win. In fact, um, I'm, I have picked Baylor in this game, but nothing will surprise me. This conference is just, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's, every game's about how the two teams match up, and it doesn't always particularly matter who's been playing well or not. It just, every game's self-contained. So we saw Adrian Martinez back under center uh, last weekend against the, the Longhorns and looked pretty solid, 24-36, 329, uh, and two touchdowns with one interception. What what do you know about Will Howard? Uh, I, I've been seeing different things that there might be the potential that Kansas State wants to preserve the red shirt on him. Uh, what are you hearing about that? I mean, clearly it's Adrian Martinez's team if he's healthy. Um, where does that stand as far as that quarterback is concerned? Yeah, you know, and that was true all season long. This is Adrian's team as long as he's healthy. And if he's out for a game or, you know, for any period of time, Will Howard will come in with the idea that they want to try to keep him at four or fewer games to deserve the redshirt. And, you know, I don't think uh, the way Will played against Oklahoma State has changed that approach at all for his climb. He, he's maintaining that. And if you get through this week, um, 
if you win this game, you're still in a position to play a 14-game season with the Big 12 championship in a bowl game. So, uh, you know, maybe you want to save him for sure, you know, to play the Big 12 championship and, and have available for the bowl game in case something happens to Adrian Martinez. You'd hate to get you know, down the road and then realize you got to burn that red shirt after you've done all this work to get him there. So they might have him shut down for the season unless K-State loses on Saturday, the regular season. Is you know is Will Howard okay with? Do you think if they redshirt Will Howard, is that something he they wouldn't do that if he wasn't cool with it, right? Like because no. I it yeah. doesn't make sense to me to even go down that road unless it's something he was supportive of. No, that's it, you know naturally wants to maximize his career. Uh, the interesting thing for me is is twofold. If he plays like he did anywhere near like he did against Oklahoma State. I mean, anything like that where he's that efficient throwing the ball and attacking defenses, Will Howard doesn't need three more years of eligibility. He's not going to be around. Right. And the other the other side of it is, uh, and maybe this is honestly what Chris Kleiman's thinking, is that um, Will will be the quarterback next year. I think we all recognize Avery Johnson as a special talent um, that could play as a redshirt freshman. Heck, he probably could play as a true freshman, but he really needs to get some weight on him. And maybe they're looking at this as, you know, Will, we want to make sure you have your opportunity to play college football. And even if that includes transferring on down the road, that you have adequate time to play at the new institution. I'm, I just think they're, they're much rather have it for him in case he wants it um, because he sacrificed a lot for the team. Uh, with that said, I mean, they're not going to go out of their way uh, to damage the team severely. If, if Adrian Martinez is injured, it's Will Howard's team and, and, the redshirt could be damned. So we'll we'll see how it plays out. Well, of course, you know, looking at the the Big Twelve race right now, um, the, the big test this weekend clearly is is Baylor for Kansas State. After that, West Virginia, and then the Sunflower Showdown for the Wildcats. But the the um, the, the difficult one, or I, they're all difficult, but the one that will uh, have a huge play in the standings for the Big 12 and whether or not Kansas State can get into the Big 12 title game will be this game this weekend uh, against Baylor. You mentioned how this conference is just kind of crazy and, and churning teams up and just everybody's kind of battling each other in that way and uh, beating on beating up on each other. Uh, what What's your take overall on the way the Big 12 is lined out right now? We know TCU clearly, you know, is is the best team. They're the only unbeaten in that conference. But beyond that, that second spot for the Big 12 title game, uh, what, what what's your take on that right now where everything stands? Unless there's chaos, the two teams in the Big 12 title game are going to be from the pool of TCU, the most likely, Texas, Baylor, and Kansas State. And as Kansas State finishes up with Baylor, they're finishing off this string of really good programs that they've gone up against, including Oklahoma State added to that list, uh, which is now fading. They, they didn't survive this kind of run through the, the heart of the Big 12. Um, it, there's no easy schedule in the Big 12, but comparatively speaking, those other three schools, Texas, TCU, Baylor, are about to play a, a round robin with each other over these last three weeks. Um, and so they're going to beat the tar out of each other, including TCU having to go to Texas and Baylor in back-to-back weekends after having such an advantageous early season schedule. So we'll see if they can emerge from that unscathed. If they can, they truly belong in the national title hunt discussion. But, um, yeah, K-State needs this one. If they get this one, it starts to feel a little more tangible 
that they can indeed run the table with three straight and then hope that, you know, honestly, the most important team to lose is Texas because they'll have tiebreakers on on other teams. And, like, I don't think TCU is going to lose three in a row to drop out of that picture. Let's talk about basketball fits. I know everybody's excited about the Jerome Tang debut. I have always cautioned uh, fans here, like, don't put too much pressure on year one. The recruiting class of year two is what it is. It's exciting. It's so, like, so loaded and awesome and all those things. Year one, though, you know, they have a lot to overcome with the loss of Nigel Pack and a totally new roster. I cautioned all that, but now I'm already one exhibition and one regular season game to definitively say K-State will not finish last in the Big 12 this year. They look good. Um, I think we will see them look better as they sort through the minutes in some ways. But this has been, I mean, you could not have expected or asked for a better start. through. And I know, obviously, it's really, really early, but man, the returns look good so far. You know, it's not just about the team playing well. It, you can just watch them, and they're more athletic. They're long. They're they're really aggressive on defense. They attack the rim on offense. They, they just do a lot of things that we haven't seen K-State basketball do um, because it's easier for them. It's You know, it's easier to get high for rebounds and block shots and those things as a, a total team effort. But they've done a, an incredible job of collecting these parts, these pieces, uh, to the point where now they made it to full 13 scholarships uh, and they've decided to redshirt three of those guys. So they pretty much have already focused in on the 10 guys. They're going to do most of the playing this year. And uh, I think they feel really good about this roster. They feel like uh, they've got a nice mix of veteran and young. They've got uh, wings and, and, you know, tall, lanky guys. They don't really have true posts. They've got one, one kind of center, but they're just going to defend with their length throughout the game. It's, uh, I'm, I'm really fascinated by what, how they put this together and how they did it so quickly. But mostly, guys, how, how quickly they've constructed a locker room, how cohesive everyone feels when you're dealing with them, that uh, they've already kind of built more of a family atmosphere within this program than I've seen in a long time. So Jerome Tang had a pretty even distribution of minutes for a lot of players in that opening game uh, the other night, six players in double figures. Um, I want to ask you about Keontae Johnson um, and, and watching him. There was the thought in my mind before the season started, when the, the news dropped that he was coming to Kansas state. And, and at least my initial thought was, all right, well, that's a really nice human interest story, you know, to see him coming back to college basketball um, but I wasn't sure that with everything that we saw at Florida and, and him collapsing on the court and all of that, that it would, you know, be it, there would be production there. There was clearly production there in that opening game, 26 minutes, 13 points. What is that like watching Keontae Johnson now, um, knowing what we know about him and his past uh, and what he can bring to this Kansas State team? He's special, um, and he's sharing the ball awfully well. I mean, if he wants to take over a game, he, he can, and I think we're going to see him kind of get back into the groove of domination. Um, you know, people look at his stats and realize he was a good player at Florida that, you know, went down with a health issue, but he was a preseason SEC player of the year. He was expected to be the best player in the SEC that season, and that includes a lot of great players around that league between Kentucky and Auburn and other programs. So it's it's a player with great promise. 
Um, there's still questions about his health, and, and hopefully, you know, it's going to be fine. But I think he just needs some more time to kind of get into the groove of playing basketball after sitting out for two years. And I, I think he's going to be in the, the mid to high teens and average uh, as we go. But they also have a lot of players on this team that can help him. And I don't feel like – I don't think he feels like he can – he just needs to score all the points and carry the team. He knows he can share the ball and they'll be very productive. Uh, I, I just think what, what is the upside here, Tim? Like what's a fair level of excitement, not a fun level of excitement for K-State hoops, but a fair level of excitement. Is it to contend for a big 12 title? Or do we need to elevate to that point yet? It feels like it's probably too early for that. I'm putting at yeah. not going to finish at the bottom of the big 12, which in the big 12, I do think is exciting, but what's a fair level to you? of expectations from what we've seen so far? Well, I think, you know, based on what we've seen in the past, this team is very capable of making the NCAA tournament. And for the Big 12, that means usually finishing seventh, you know, towards the top. So only a few teams get left out. And, you know, there's there's kind of a fine line between um, getting into the NCAA tournament as a Big 12 team and not getting into any postseason at all because – uh, usually, if you're pretty productive, you're going to get in the main field. So, it's uh, I think team can get into the NCAA tournament. I think that would be an encouraging sign that in year one of a complete rebuild, he was able to do something we hadn't we haven't seen K State basketball do in three years. Uh, and I think that's very tangible because I think this team would kick the snot out of the last three K State teams. I really do. I think this is a much much better product. And fans uh, are going to like it. They're going to enjoy it. And um, it's it's not just about wins and losses, you know, for me. It's just going to be a better product. It's going to be more enjoyable to watch. Because in the past, even sometimes they'd win, and it was like going to the dentist's office trying to, you know, watch that game, get to the buzzer. And I think this team's really fluid. And, and with that, they might get reckless at times and lose some games you think they should probably win. But I think they're going to win a lot of basketball games. So their schedule is interesting. We're hearing a lot of chatter on the Wichita State game up there. Um, it looks like that's going to be a sellout at Bramlage. Yeah, is that the first big you know moment of the season to you? Is there another one? Yeah. But that I mean, a sellout for that sounds like it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it should be. Um, keep in mind that you know of, of interest as of now, that's the date of the Big Twelve championship game. So. Um, oh no! You know, if oh, that's K- interesting. If K-State wins this weekend, uh, it could get a little interesting for you know K-State fans having to choose between Arlington and and Bramlage Coliseum. So, um, yeah, I like this non-conference schedule. As, as Jerome Tang said, they inherited almost the entire non-conference schedule. But the game Friday at Cal is one they went out of their way to schedule. They wanted to get this team out on the road at a Power Five school. I think they did a nice job picking where to go because Cal is. I mean. Cal lost their opener, I think, to UC Davis. Uh, you know, Mark Fox, and ironically, another former K State assistant, as you know, they played Matt Figure as K State assistant in the opener. Um, uh, it's kind of on the ropes there. It's not a very good program right now. It's a great opportunity to go out on the road and get a win and kind of build that confidence. It's really that's what this non conference schedule is about for Jerome Tang. Just keep building that confidence and finding a group of players that really believes that they, they can win a bunch of games. Yeah, the Cal game is good. Is Cal good? I I don't know anything about Cal. Do we have you have no, you checked into no, them at all? Are they good? Yeah, they're, they're not, not very good. good. 
but it's no, still it's no. still a true road game, which maybe that's maybe that's better, right? You get a you get a road game like this against a team that isn't very good. Um, the Cayman Island Classics, it, Rhode Island has been good historically. Tulane, Nevada could provide something. Um, so yeah, I mean that Shocker game is kind of the one we're circling. I don't know much about Butler either, but they they get really he did a good job, or or they did whether it was you know the old coaching staff or the new true road game Cal, true road game Butler. Like there's some there's some good moments in there I think before we get to the Big Twelve that'll help us understand what K State might be this year. Yep, I agree. I agree, and um, you know it looks like a very manageable schedule where they, they can build some confidence heading into that Big Twelve opener against West Virginia on New Year's Eve day, um, which is strange in itself. Uh, but yeah, I mean I think this this team could build up a lot of confidence and then maybe get a win right out of the gate in Big 12 play against a team that they should match up pretty well with. All right, Fitz, what do you guys have going at Go Power Cat this week ahead of the big football game this weekend and, and everything else going on up there in Manhattan? Yeah, well, we've got our, our, our pregame podcast pops up every Thursday morning, so that's available if you're you know at work after this show ends because you need to listen to the complete context of this show that you're currently listening to, folks. You can go listen That's to right. the Powercat pregame podcast. And uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming. Tomorrow we'll have, you know, ramp up our final steps of our coverage and also prepare for K-State basketball. Although we're not traveling out there, we'll, we will have it covered. Um, it's it's a busy weekend. The overlap always stretches the staff, but, boy, K-State sports are a little bit fun to cover right now. Yeah, it's a whole lot more fun when they're winning and successful on both ends. All right, Fitz, uh, be good. Travel safe this week, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you again next Thursday. Okay, boys, great to talk. Tim Fitzgerald, GoPowerCat.com. Check him out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll look ahead. KU's got a game tonight. What do we expect? What do we want to see, need to see? That's coming up on Sports Daily. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily, KFH. Man, was this garbage, right, Tommy? Correct. Garbage guy. I love garbage. Yeah, Yeah, they're good. Good call, Chad. (laughs) I like that one. Uh, Man, here we go. You know, in the middle of everything, we've got uh, GM meetings in Major League Baseball. A lot of movement, a lot of teams rumored to be in on people. Uh, My Texas Rangers are probably going to be big players in this free agent market. So it might be, you'll have to forgive me, everybody, if if I'm, you know, excited about baseball in the middle of football season, but it could be coming. Uh, Tommy's Braves, my Rangers make a trade yesterday. Uh, Don't don't know how much it moves the needle for me. Um, Rangers, you could use a handy starter in Jake Odorizzi. Allred, the guy they got back for the Braves, is a decent prospect coming back. So it's fine. It's fine. I, I, I think the Rangers are going to land, Tommy, one of the big, if not two. free. They're ready to spend some money. So like DeGrom's out there, Rodone's out there. There's some guys, and I think they're going to be in the mix for one or two of them. Finally, over the years, they never spend big on pitching, and and I think this is going to be the year they do it. But GM winter meetings that get that get you excited. It does me. I love this time of the baseball calendar. 
Yeah, a little bit. You know, I love the transactions. I love the free agent signings and the trades and, and that sort of thing. Um, of course, the big storyline is, is you know, where will Aaron Judge end up? Will he go back with the Yankees? Will he, you know, sign with the Giants? Or is there another team out there? Um, my money's on. He's going to end up back with the Yankees. But um, there's a huge, I didn't even realize this until a couple of weeks ago, didn't even realize the number of, well, they're not pending anymore, the number of free agents that are shortstops, that are high-quality shortstops on the open market uh, for this winter. There's a lot of them out there, uh, including Dansby Swanson, who played for my Braves you know, in his entire career as a hometown kid. But then, of course, Trey Turner and Carlos, Carlos Correa. And, I mean, there's a lot of uh, shortstops out there on the market. So that's going to be really interesting to watch uh, to see which players end up where. It'll be Trey Turner, yeah. Phillies, I heard rumor there, yeah. That's the rumor coming yeah. around now. That we'll see. It's it's just it's exciting because if your team stunk, now you feel like they could maybe have a chance to climb back into it. All right, KU tonight, North Dakota State. They're twenty four ish point favorites right now. I probably wouldn't mess with that much. Um, game two without Bill Self. Game two of Grady Dick. I think, I think Tommy KU's going to. I think they're going to probably play better early than they did in the opener. I mean, 24 is – their last line was like 34, so 24 is not totally unreasonable to me. Um, I don't know if I'll be any part of it, but if nothing else, we let that line give us sort of a gauge of where things probably need to look for KU tonight, and that feels about right to me. I think they're going to look pretty good tonight. I think they're going to uh, respond. I think they're going to – continue some of the things we saw in the first game and you know I don't know if you have like a thing you want to see in this game I don't think I have any one specific thing maybe to see you know Uday look good see what the five is doing I, I don't really have it for this game just you know you don't want to see him come out flat by any means Kansas should cover in this game but I'm not 100% convinced that they will cover. I think they should, but I'm going to stay away from that particular line. North Dakota State is a better team than the team that Kansas played on Monday. They're better than Omaha. They're in the same league. They're both in the Summit League, but North Dakota State is a better team. They started their season on the road at Arkansas, so it's kind of a gauntlet right now for North Dakota State, starting on the road, taking on the Razorbacks, then going up to Lawrence tonight to play the Jayhawks, and North Dakota State put up a fight against Arkansas. They trailed by only eight points at halftime, and then they cut the lead down to six in the second half. Ultimately, Arkansas pulled away uh, and won by 18, um, so that's why I say that Kansas should cover that 24 um, but they're going to have to get out to a better start than what we saw, especially in that exhibition game. They got off to a better start for sure against Omaha uh, than they did in the exhibition game against Pitt State. So that shouldn't be an issue, um, especially with Grady Dick starting now. Um, but yeah, like I said, they should cover. But North Dakota State is a better team than the competition that they played on Monday. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'm going to take your word for that because I have no idea if North Dakota State's better than Omaha this year. I didn't expect much from Omaha because uh, the local guy Pyle isn't there anymore. But, you know, I, it, it's it's more about KU than the opponent now. I mean, we saw them flat in the exhibition game. We saw them flat in the Omaha game for a stretch there. Maybe that's the key. Just don't don't ever have that stretch in this game, and maybe that would be the thing that makes you feel good because after this one, right, it's Duke. It, it, I mean – it, here we go. The, you, you get this game as your last tune-up before Duke. 
So I would expect that they they run a lot of and, and are trying to sort through what they would expect to do against Duke in just a couple of days. So, yeah, Grady Dick, can he be the guy? I mean, that That's going to be the story, Tommy, early for – and it'll develop nationally because people will, will get accustomed to Grady Dick quickly. We see that with college basketball freshmen. Everyone wants to know who the superstar guys are. Everyone's looking for the next NBA class, all of those things. We've got a bigger expectation, I think, locally, right out of the gates, than even nationally, and it it, it continues to be that you know question of can he be the best player on this team? And Jalen Wilson is a star. Grady Dick doesn't need to be the best player on this team, I don't think, for KU to be awesome this year. That doesn't mean he won't be though, and and that's sort of what I'm looking for. Like, is he? going to quickly establish himself as that and how comfortable is KU with that with him being a freshman they don't need him to be Jalen Wilson can be that for this team but I'm not so sure that Grady Dick won't be and and I want to know how quickly he can get to that point because I think it might be quicker than we all suspect yeah I mean I think that there's there's nothing right now stopping me at least uh, from saying that he's the most gifted player on well, the team. Well, sure. He's the most I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah. No, um, I don't think there's any question about that. Right. And, and I know that's not the question you were asking, but I right. think we can, you know, at least put that in place right now that we know he's the most talented and gifted player that Kansas has. Um, and you mentioned that that being, that's the story. Um, I think it might end up being the story nationally. I don't think it should be necessarily the story locally because we already know that I think that the story for Kansas um, and, and one of the reasons why I'm interested in watching this game tonight is because I really feel like this game it's not going to come down to whether or not Kansas will win Kansas will win the game but whether or not they cover I think will come down to the play in the post and that's going to be that should be the overwhelming story, not necessarily Grady Dick. We know how talented he is, not even necessarily Jalen Wilson. It's going to be the the play from the bigs, and that's going to determine if Kansas can cover against North Dakota State. It's also going to determine how successful this team will be long term. Keep an eye on it tonight. Uh, North Dakota State has a player by the name of Grant Nelson, who is a preseason first team all conference selection in the Summit League. He's 6'11, 235. And he, okay. he had a great game against Arkansas. Uh, he was five of nine from the field, 17 points, six rebounds, and he's the best shot blocker in the Summit League, too. So this How is did the they first play test. Arkansas? What what was that outcome? Hey, what was that final? Uh so Arkansas won by 18, but they had okay. the but but North Dakota, uh, North yeah. Dakota State had the lead cut to six in the second half at one point. So they played fairly close for most of that game. That's why I say I think they're a, a better, a more competitive team than yeah. what Omaha was on Monday. For and Omaha, had, what did Omaha have case KU at in the second? They were in seven. It's within seven in the second half, yeah, I think, were, if I'm so remembering I, correctly. You know, I think so. it'll be, yeah, I think it'll be more competitive. And this will be the first really uh, true test, I would say, uh, to see what the bigs can do for Kansas yeah, on that's both a ends good of the call. court. So again, I think this is going to be a microcosm, this particular game, of the way that Kansas, at least early on in the non-conference, is going to be able to play with the bigs. That ought to be the story 
not necessarily Grady Dick. We know how great how great Grady Dick. Yeah, is. I, I do think that's going to be more important. I say Grady Dick's going to become the story because there's going to be no stopping it. Right? It's well, going he's exciting. To, I mean, I get it. He's exciting, but he's local too. It's different than when Josh Jackson's there or or one of these other you know elite level. I mean, Grady Dick was the Gatorade Player of the Year nationally. Like, go look at who those guys are every year, and and you'll see what we're talking about here. Like, you're talking about bona fide stars get that award, the one he got last year. I don't, I don't think that – again, I don't think he is the most important story for KU right now. I just think he's going to become the story. For KU right now because everybody wants to know who the next super freshman is. If he ends up showing us that he's that guy in one or two more games like he played in the opener, people are going to start having that conversation nationally. For us locally, though, he's local, right? He's from Wichita. We've seen him play. We always gravitate to that stuff. And I'll tell like, I, I, I know a lot of great KU fans that, you know, we will message around and stuff with me. And that that's what the, after the opener, it's what everybody's talking about. His name helps. Uh, people are having fun there. Um, it does. I mean, that just put that right out there. But it's it's going to be all. It, it's it's just it's going to catch fire like crazy if he plays like that a couple more times. Right now, with everything that goes into it, it we're go, he's going to become just a superstar. Not just around here, which he that will happen in, if it already hasn't, but nationally. Because when you look around the country at some of these freshmen, if he's the best guy, just remember historically over the last handful of years what comes with being the best freshman in the country, right? Like there is a superstar status that comes with that, and he has a chance to get there. He's also in the perfect place to embrace that and – not let that harm him in any way. When Bill Self gets back, that will be helpful to that. He's in the right environment where there will never be the internal pressure for him to be that. Again, he may be the best player on the team, but he doesn't have to be every night, and that relieves a lot of pressure that a lot of freshmen are under when they're this kind of player, right? Grady Dick does not need to be the best player on Kansas this year for Kansas to go be its best version of itself and win a national title. Let Jalen Wilson carry that burden. He's been there a while. He knows that expectation. He can handle that expectation. You've got Dewan Harris. You've got a three-year starter basically at point guard. You know how much pressure that takes off Grady Dick? Grady Dick this year could be a shooter and could be an All-American. Now, he is much more than that as a player, which we've talked about at length. His explosiveness is something I don't think people are quite aware of yet. And if you weren't watching him in his final year at Sunrise, you probably didn't even know that was there. But we're talking about like freak athletic kind of stuff. So it'll be interesting to see it, but it's going to catch absolute fire if he plays like he did in the opener one or two more times. Duke is obviously, I mean, look, if he comes out and he plays really well against Duke, it's on. Like at that point, he's going to be the national superstar. Yeah, and here's where I'm okay with him being the story overwhelmingly uh, because I, I've talked quite a bit uh, over the last several minutes about uh, my concern with the Kansas bigs and having a test against North Dakota State with their big Grant Nelson. 
where I'm okay with Grady Dick being the story or even Jalen Wilson being the story and not the lack of production from the five spot for Kansas would be if a guy like Grant Nelson um, or one of the bigs from Duke or you get later into conference play and, you know, the Big 12 has really talented bigs and Kansas doesn't match up well, where I'm okay with Grady Dick being the story is if that ultimately doesn't matter. Like if Grant Nelson tonight for North Dakota State replicates what he did against Arkansas, 17 points and six rebounds, or does even more than that against Kansas, but it doesn't matter because Grady Dick can take a game over and win it single-handedly, I'm okay with that being the story. I'm okay with that, with the talent level that Grady Dick has. If it's able to uh, shoulder the burden of where Kansas is lacking, if that ends up being the case, we know that he's a good shooter. We know that he's talented. That's that's you know clearly something that is not uh, it's not hidden. It's not a mystery. We know that. But if he can put the game on his shoulders and go out and win a game for Kansas or multiple games by himself, despite potential deficiencies that the Jayhawks may have, that's where I'm okay with the story being about Grady Dick. Well, and he can also help with Jalen Wilson and some of the other guards that. It, if if they just can if they just need their big their five to be a defensive presence that's a win for KU this year and that may very well be the case if if they can get that kind of offense out of Grady Dick and Jalen Wilson and uh, Dewan Harris as being the kind of distributor he's been all signs point to really nice things for Kansas this year and hopefully uh, some individual things for some of its players including the witch dominated Grady Dick that game coming up tonight right here on the network um, let me pull up the pregames for that game starts at 5.30. 5.30 pregame coverage here on KFH. We'll come back. We'll continue on Sports Daily on a Thursday. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Got a big Friday coming up for you tomorrow as we get ready to make some picks. It was a bad week for me in that world. Last week, uh, we will get ready for another high school football playoff week in uh, playoff football Friday with Matt Henderson. Uh, take some time and preview all the games coming up for the weekend. One game we haven't talked a lot about, Tommy, this week just because we haven't had a ton of time is the Chiefs. Um, you know, they get the Jags this week. 
They're nine and a half point favorites at home. That's a little more snug than I would think, quite frankly, considering some of the lines we've seen. They were bigger favorites against Tennessee than they are Jacksonville. That's probably, probably the Malik Willis effect. But that surprises me a little bit. I'm kind of liking the Chiefs here. I'm not sure how great a matchup this is for Jacksonville. Um, Tyson Etienne, Tyson, I say that all the time. Travis Etienne has been really good lately. uh, But I I don't have just a ton of concern for the Chiefs in this game. I think they're going to be just fine and, and get right after whatever that weirdness was on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, I kind of have a hard time squaring uh, that line up with what it was last week against Tennessee a little bit. Um, But I do think you're right. I do think the Malik Willis effect has something to do with that uh, from what we saw a week ago. Yeah, I don't have a ton of concern, uh, to be honest. I mean, Doug Peterson um, is a Super Bowl winning coach and has spent a lot of time, uh, spent a lot of time in Kansas City. Um, He's clearly an upgrade from what the Jags had before. Um, I was really high on Jacksonville a few weeks ago. Um, especially after their shutout win against Indianapolis. I thought, okay, Jacksonville is here. Doug Peterson's going to be able to get the best out of Trevor Lawrence. That's what Doug Peterson historically has been able to do is elevate quarterbacks. Um, That may still happen, but they have, they've kind of dropped off the face of the earth a little bit um, after, you know, the first couple of weeks of the season. Um, That division is weak. We've talked about that quite a bit, uh, but they're not in in a position to contend right now for a division title. Um, you know, it's going to be Tennessee, uh, barring something crazy happening, you know, in the last couple of months of the season, I don't have a ton of concern about this game, but as we've seen multiple times, we've talked about multiple times, the NFL is weird, weird things happen. It's hard. Um, but I think if I was going to bet this, yeah, I, I like the chiefs to cover. I do too. Um, you know, I don't think the chiefs are going to ever run the ball this year. I don't think that's coming. We can ask for it. So I think they're going to throw it around a little bit. Um, I, I think that the defense, it's a big moment really for Trevor Lawrence. I don't, what, I don't know what he's going to be. I can't decide what he's going to be. I, I've really, I, I was very optimistic on him and I'm not, not that anymore. I just am not sure what his ceiling is. Like, I don't think we're ever going to get to the point where, like, oh, man, Trevor Lawrence is bad, right? Like, we got to find a replacement. I don't think that's coming. But I don't anymore have a good feel for how good he could be. Can he ever enter the, you know, the stratosphere of Mahomes and Herbert and Burrow and Josh Allen as these great young passers? I, I don't I don't think so. And then you have the other group of young players, Jalen Hurts, um, you know, we'll see if Justin Fields enters that way too early to put him in there, but guys that can really rely more on their legs a little bit more. I don't think he's that kind of runner, although he's a decent runner. He he just feels a little lost in his placement of expectations for me on what kind of quarterback he might be. Part of that comes back to the, the team that he plays for. Um, right. It's a small market team. They're not getting a ton of publicity. Um, and they were really, really, really bad a year ago. Um, I do They've think they've given that he's him gonna, weapons this year, right? Yeah, They've he, given him some he, good players. Yeah. I think he's got to start that growth sooner rather than later because the window, I don't want to say the window is closing, uh, but I, I don't think it's going to be that far down the line before the window does start to close. And that's a huge reason why Jacksonville went out and hired Doug Peterson because of what Doug Peterson does historically with quarterbacks. That's kind of, that's kind of his bread and butter right there. So, um, 
there was a point, and I will I will own it. I don't know how long ago it was, maybe four weeks ago, five weeks ago. Um, you know, I'll pat myself on the back when I say really good things, and I'll call myself out when I say really bad things. Um, I'm pretty sure on this program at the time I said that Trevor Lawrence was probably in my top five quarterbacks. He hasn't been mm. since then. Um, he's shown flashes, though. If he can consistently do that and they can win football games, I don't think he's ever going to be at that level of like a Mahomes or an Allen or a Herbert, but I think he can be good. Uh, we just haven't seen that consistently yet. Yeah, and, and I am starting to hear from scouts. The expectations for him may have been too high anyway, based on what he is as a quarterback coming in, like it, because he was so decorated in college. Just the skill set, you know, raw natural ability maybe we were placing a little too much expectation there i don't know we'll see but that's the chiefs we'll pick that game tomorrow among many many others we'll tell you what's coming up on our family of networks here as we wrap up sports daily on a thursday t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.